to Treasures of Truth, a daily broadcast from Monday through Friday where we encourage you to come and study the Bible with us. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho. Your host is Pastor Rick DeMichael. And during this series, Pastor DeMichael is teaching a lesson entitled Mormon Doctrines in Light of the Bible. Come find out what the Bible has to say on this issue. And please be sure to stay tuned after the broadcast as we will have a special offer for a free book on this very subject. And now your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael. All right, let's take a look at uh, some of the scriptures that are rested, and in particular, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 29. We'll go to the very text where this, this doctrine was supposedly based upon, but let's first look at 2 Peter chapter 3. And 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Peter 3.16, And also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. Look at that word rest, W-R-E-S-T. Now that's not rest in the sense of taking a rest. That's rest in the sense of wrestling, uh, turning, pushing, twisting, pulling. You get the idea? We're, we're resting the scriptures here, is what's being said here according to 2 Peter chapter 3, as they do also the other scriptures to their own destruction. Remember I said to you there's a lot of people going to hell over Acts 2.38? A lot of people going to hell over Matthew 16 verse 18? There's a lot of people going to hell over 1 Corinthians 15 verse 29. Not the verse itself, but the resting of the verse out of context. He says to their own destruction... Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. All right, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And this portion of a verse is going to be rested to create a teaching that is contrary to everything else in Scripture on the subject. All right, 1 Corinthians 15... 1 Corinthians 15, verse 29. Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead, if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? Now remember, the context of 1 Corinthians 15 is what? The resurrection. And there were those there that were denying the resurrection. The resurrection of the believer. And of course, Paul, in this chapter of 58 verses... Uh, deals with this error from a number of angles, including the idea that if the dead rise not, then Christ is not risen, and if Christ is not risen, then our whole faith is vain. We might as well all go home, do something else. So that's the context here, and again, as I said earlier this morning in our study, in order to totally wring out the teaching of verse 29, we would have to take all of Romans 6 and teach it, we would have to teach this entire chapter and uh, then connect things to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, where Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. It has the idea of our co-crucifixion, burial, and resurrection with Jesus Christ. So again, we're going to have to concentrate on what does the verse not teach in order to just simply refute 
this Mormon idea of baptism for the dead, which again is just running contrary to everything in Scripture, including the two nevers and the four Bible principles that we already looked at. Now, notice the verse and look at it carefully. A careful examination shows us that the they do is not we do. Okay? Notice that Paul is not saying we do, it's they do. If Paul had been practicing baptism for the dead, he would have said we, not they. So one thing is very clear from the get-go. It's apparent then that Paul was not practicing it. But if anyone was practicing it, and I say if, because there's no proof that they were. If anyone was practicing it, then the very people who taught that there was no resurrection were teaching that someone who had died could be baptized by proxy. Paul, in this context, would then be pointing out how foolish such a practice was. But a better way to understand it is to understand that one is baptized because of death. And this is a key to understanding several scriptures that have been taken out of context and twisted, including Acts chapter 2, verse 38. For the remission of sins. For the remission of sins. How about this one? Does the Bible say in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, take a look at it. Does it say in verse 3 that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures? Is that what it says? Did He die so we could sin? Or because we had sinned? Okay? He didn't die so that we could sin. He died because we sinned. So Christ died for our sins. Or Christ died for sinners. Did he die so we could become sinners? Or did he die because we were sinners? All right. If you understand that usage of for, particularly in the Old English, then that helps us with the baptism for the dead. It's apparent that one is baptized because of death. If we didn't ever die, we wouldn't need to be baptized at all. Baptism pictures not only a death, but a resurrection. Since some of these folks at Corinth didn't believe in the resurrection, Paul points out that we were really baptized because of death. If there is no resurrection from death, why be baptized? As believers, we died and rose with Christ. Thus, we practice scriptural baptism. Take a look at Romans chapter 5. And again, let's touch on this cause and effect with the word for. Look at Romans 5, verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died because we were sinners, not so that we could become sinners. The Mormon teaching of baptism for the dead, according to verse 29 in 1 Corinthians 15, turns that thing on its head and reverses it. It's also interesting to note that the Book of Mormon itself negates the Mormon practice of baptism for the dead. And I have a copy of Book of Mormon right here. And in 2 Nephi 9, verse 38, And in fine, woe unto all those who died in their sins, for they shall return to God and behold His face and remain in their sins. Uh, if I was to read the entire section of Alma 
34, verses 32 through 35. I'm going to give you a couple of extractions. That, well, let me just be fair. I'll read the whole thing, okay? So nobody can say I'm possibly taking anything out of context. I'll give you the whole thing. Uh, for behold, this life is the time for men to prepare to meet God. Yea, behold, the day of this life is the day for men to prepare their labors. And now, as I said unto you before, as ye have had so many witnesses, therefore I beseech you that you do not procrastinate the day of your repentance until the end. For after this day of life, which is given unto us to prepare for eternity, behold, if we do not improve our time while in this life, then cometh the night of darkness, wherein there can be no labor performed. Ye cannot say, when ye are brought to that awful crisis, that I will repent, that I will return to my God. Nay, ye cannot say this. For that same spirit which doth possess your bodies at the time that ye go out of this life, that same spirit will have power to possess your body in that eternal world. For behold, if ye have procrastinated the day of your repentance, even until death, behold, ye have become subjected to the spirit of the devil, and he doth seal you his. Therefore the spirit of the Lord hath withdrawn from you, and hath no place in you, and the devil hath all power over you. And this is the final state of the wicked. Alma 34, 32 through 35. Now, I am not rec recommending uh, that uh, Alma 34 is a uh, great part of the Romans road, uh, nor 2 Nephi chapter 9, uh, nor a, a, you know, the, the, any passages out of the Book of Mormon to substitute for the Bible. I'm simply demonstrating that even the Book of Mormon itself uh, teaches against us. And again, we're finding over and over again contradictions within Mormonism. And uh, remember, in the very first lesson, we looked at final authority. And that's why we looked at it in the first lesson. According to the Bible-believing Christian, how many final authorities do we have? One. This Bible. That's it. That's it. One final authority. But in Mormonism, you have how many? Five. You got the Book of Mormon, you got the Bible, you got the Doctrine and Covenants, you got the Pearl of Great Price, and then you got the Word of Living Apostles and Prophets, so-called. And so what happens is these uh, authorities, so-called, will contradict each other. And then expediency will determine which one is invoked. This depends on what you want to teach. And that's the problem with having more than one final authority. We would like to thank you for listening to Treasures of Truth. And we would also like to offer a free book about the content you just heard on Mormon doctrines in light of the Bible. To receive this free book, please contact the office at Treasure Valley Baptist Church. You can give them a call at 208-888-4545. That's 208-4545. The offices are open Tuesday through Friday. To hear more great messages by Pastor DeMichael, please feel free to visit our website at tvbc.org. That's tvbc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho, and we would love for you to come join us in our services. Our Sunday school begins at 9.30 with the morning service at 10.45. We also have a Sunday evening service at 5.45. We also have great kids programs on Wednesday nights. At 7 o'clock, we've got the Master's Club, which runs during the school year. And at the same time, we have a Bible study for the adults in the main auditorium. With specialized classes and programs for all ages, 
as well as wonderful nurseries for the youngsters, Treasure Valley Baptist Church has a place for everyone. And don't forget about our vibrant programs for the teens and our college and career group. We hope to see you soon.